Welcome to Jay's Talk here on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Also streaming on sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet app. Show Ali with you for a little bit, eh, 15, 20 minutes or so. Here for a good time, not a long time, as they say. 26 days to opening day, believe it or not, after a massive 18-5 to 5 Jays win over the Tigers. Spring training, I know, but we can still use the word massive. Uh, give me a call if you like, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cellular device, or you can shoot me a text on the People's Text Line, 590-590, name and location, so I can give you a shout-out. Uh, keep that streaming information in your back pocket until the regular season starts, by the way. Sportsnet.ca slash 590-960-650, depending on where you're listening, or, of course, on the Sportsnet app. Uh, that way, you can listen with uh, earbuds if you're on the back deck, in your backyard, at the cottage, whatever you want. If you want your terrestrial radios, too, I mean, definitely use them if that works, but I'm just glad we have more ways to listen because baseball, uh, to me, baseball is synonymous with uh, lounging, on a lazy summer day, which is something I think, especially here in <laughs> the GTA, I think we would all appreciate today. Uh, but the more people who can listen while we do that later this year, the better for me. So keep that streaming information for you on hand. Um, also, real quick, Pat Borders, pretty great, I thought, today on the broadcast. I mean, he did say, he, uh, I think he said he raises cattle and then he has nine kids and a number of grandchildren. So even if like this was something that happened just because he lives nearby in Florida, I I take a Pat Borders broadcast every now and again. I enjoy hearing the stories about like Ricky Henderson talking in the third person. Like those are kind of fun, right? So he was pretty good. I thought he did a good job. I actually met Pat last year uh, for the anniversary of the World Series when they had the World Series winning teams in Toronto. So nice guy. Great guy. Enjoyed chatting with him. Maybe we'll we'll get to do that again. Um, let's get to the Jays talk uh, topics today. Uh, let's start with some thoughts on today's game. First of all, in the spring, I'll just say it off the top. I think we need a mercy rule. Like if you bat around in the, in like whatever inning in spring training, the inning should just be over. Like those are the rules you have in like the, the mixed, you know, mixed league softball leagues. Uh, it was cool. It was cool to see 17 batters, 13 runs in the fourth inning, but you know, after a certain period of time, I'm not sure what we're like learning too much from the minor leaguers, pitchers or position players. It was, I will say it was nice of the Jays pitchers to even it out on the other side of the fourth inning. I think it was legitimately like a 30 minute half inning for top four than like a three minute half inning for bottom four. So I guess that evens out averages out to like 16 and a half minutes per half inning. So that seems about right to me. So I guess I can't complain uh, too, too much um, notes on today's game. I do think Otto Lopez is in the driver's seat over Nathan Lucas or really any others for that final active roster spot. He walked a couple times, had a few singles, scored three runs at his feet. At this, at this juncture, things can change. It's, it's March 4th. The season begins on March 30th, I believe. So still quite a, you know, three and a half weeks or so until the season starts. He's been pretty impressive for a younger guy. Still the guy my money is on to start the active roster a year with the active roster. And we can even go back to the limited action in the majors to wrap up the regular season last year to see the kind of things he was able to do offensively and certainly defensively as well. We'll, we'll just have to keep an eye on Otto Lopez for team Canada at the world baseball classic as well for uh, the not too distant future. Um, and just to get it out of the way, Vinny Capper, I mentioned this before in the total segment, but he had seven RBI today. It's true that that happened and that it's, it's po- a positive development and included the, towering like just monster three-run bomb in the fifth he might have a cup of coffee in the majors this year as we've seen in spurts but more than anything i think doing those kinds of things definitely uh, endears you to your teammates and also probably more importantly helps you to keep getting playing time across the minors so uh, kudos to vinnie capper well-deserved uh play of the game for him with that three-run bomb and i just want to say the sound of the ball off his bat 
on that home run in the fifth inning. One of my favorite sounds. A like, few sounds I enjoy in sports as much as the crack of the bat during a home run. Maybe the sound of the net in basketball as a shot goes right through. It's pretty satisfying as well, but the home run sound is so good. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer and Danny Jansen are the regulars we saw today. Kevin Biggio to a certain degree as well. Uh, Kiermeyer had a two RBI triple in that big fourth. Danny Jansen with a sharp two RBI double earlier that same inning. I am interested to see what kind of offense Kiermaier brings this year. Like, I think we can all agree it probably won't be a feature of the lineup versus his outfield defense, which is what we're all here to see. But even if he can add even just a little pop at the bottom of the lineup, because I think we can probably all agree as well that he is batting like eighth, if not ninth, <laughs> every single day, every time he's out there. Um, so if that if he can bring just a smidge, just a teensy bit of pop, I will uh, I will take it, especially in the lower third of the batting order. Danny Jansen, on the other hand, I am very bullish on him. I mean, I feel like we've been bullish on Danny Jansen a lot. And I know you guys remember, but he had two injuries last year. Right? He had the oblique thing, and then he was hit by a pitch right on his hand. Had the minor fracture, fracture around his pinky when he was holding the bat. And uh, he was out for a while. And in between both injuries, he was hot at the plate. Like, I genuinely think... Had he been healthy all season long, we would probably be talking about a 35 home run season for him. Like he saw things so well. And again, if he's healthy, I really do think, cause you guys know if you're listening to Jay's talk on the radio after a spring training game, you're, you're downloading it as a podcast or whatever. You guys already have expectations for Danny Jansen. It's people outside of Toronto. You want to see their eyes open a little bit. Like he's, the, he's the exact kind of guy I will, I will wait to take in my fantasy baseball drafts. Like that's the exact kind of catcher you want. I remember Ben Nicholson Smith and myself, uh, during the season last year, we had on, on Jay's talk, we had our conversation about top 10 catchers as it pertains to Alejandro Kirk. He's obviously already up there. And I fully expect that to continue this coming season, even though he had a bit of a down second half of the season versus his all-star first half of the season in 2022. But if Jansen is healthy, I don't see a huge reason why he can't occupy a spot in the lower half of the top 10 or top 12. Like maybe other younger guys and other teams break out. That's always possible and probably pretty likely when you consider the year over year change at most positions. But after you get out of the the uh, top six, seven guys, there's no real reason uh, Jansen can't be uh, can't be up there. Let's go to the text line. I see a couple text messages here again. 590, 590 name and location is the text line. Uh, Eddie in High Park, great to hear baseball again. Those long summer days are around the corner, like the way the Jays are looking, not fond of the WBC. You know, that's fair. Not everyone's going to watch WBC. Uh, it's, it's, it's always kind of interesting to watch it because for me, just because like, like look, look, the Dominican Republic, and we'll talk about that in a sec with our next text line question here, but the, the Dominican is just um, a wagon. It's like an all-star team, essentially. I think the rankings that MLB Network had put out had Team Canada at like the eight, seventh or eighth spot, the team USA was the second overall best team, according to MLB network, which is again, not a huge surprise. I'll watch, but I'm, I am kind of on the same level as Eddie. Like it's kind of falls like in between minor league or, or, and I don't just mean that in ba- a term of baseball, but like, you know, NCAA football or like the world juniors or whatever, the world baseball classic is just a step above those things. And just a step uh, below like the Olympics, which itself are a step below like major league events. Right. But I appreciate the text, Eddie. Uh, I see a text here. Let's see. Uh, Brian from North York asking about Vladdy and the knee inflammation. I want to play a clip for you. Uh, If you guys didn't hear it, this is John Schneider speaking about Vladdy's knee inflammation in his first few answers today. I kind of just shortened it, clipped it together uh, for the, for Jay's talk here. So let's hear that clip and then we'll chat about the knee tweak for Vladdy and Brian's question. So here's John Schneider. Last night uh, after kind of talking with uh, trainers and doctors, he got an MRI um, revealed, um, 
you know, minor inflammation in his knee, no structural concerns, um, just taking it day by day. I think we'll see in the next 24 hours, kind of just see what, if that has any effect on it, um, but we'll know more for sure tomorrow. Right now, it's just seeing how he feels, you know, kind of as the day goes today. Just kind of treatment today, staying off of his feet, um, and hoping that's, you know, the best, the best thing for him right now. Is that a pain issue for him, or is it just a movement? Like, what's he dealing with? Um, I don't know if it's pain so much. It's kind of, just, you know, it was an awkward move yesterday, and kind of just at this stage in camp, you know, just being ultra-cautious, I think. So, um, you know, felt a little bit better today than he did yesterday. So um, just kind of taking it one day at a time. That's John Schneider, Blue Jays skipper from before first pitch, talking Vladdy's knee inflammation. Oh, look, inflammation, good news, all things considered, I'd say. He is, as we mentioned, the World Baseball Classic. He is withdrawing from that, if you hadn't heard. He will not play for the Dominican Republic. I do feel for him missing out playing for his country because I mean, like, I just I felt just as bad for, like, let's say, Steven Stamkos that one year when he didn't play for Team Canada at the Olympics when he got, like, pretty badly injured. Vladdy, obviously, the severity is not nearly the same, just the knee inflammation. But even so, it's probably for the best. Like, he's the Jays. I would say they're their most important player. He's a walking hit machine. And something tells me that the Dominican Republic will be fine, right? Like this is a team that features, I'm just going to read you a handful of their names. This is a teacher that feature team that features guys like Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Julio Rodriguez, Jeremy Pena, who just won the world series MVP, Sandy Alcantara, Luis Garcia. Like something tells me they'll be fine. Jimmy Garcia is actually on this team. Do you guys know that? That actually had somehow, I don't know. I skipped my notice until now, but Hey, I guess good news that a guy we saw today who played pretty well, uh, one of the Jays better relievers is going to get some action. However much or little it may be before the season gets going as well. Uh, Brian from North York, his question was simply who plays at first. If no Vladdy now, look, I do think he'll be okay for the season opener. But if he did miss time right now, I think the starter at first would act like if the season started right this second, it would probably be Kevin Biggio because we've seen him do it. But I would think even though he is being helped along from off season surgery right now, like very cautiously, a cautious approach, Brandon belt is the obvious first pick, right? To be the first baseman, if no Vladdy, because mainly because what other position is he really going to play other than DH? We haven't seen him yet because the team is understandably being cautious with a guy who hasn't been fully healthy for a few seasons now, but when he is healthy, that's a dangerous bat. So that's the guy like you would guess you're watching, of course. But uh, I mean, Vladdy, it's just caution with him. I, I can't imagine come the end of March. He's, he's not going to be everyday first baseman type of type of uh, action, type of performance, type of health um, real quick. When it comes to Brandon belt, I am curious how the DH spot is used this year because we expect Vladdy, like I said, will be the guy at first every day. He'll get some half days off here and there, and then belt will slot in, but Springer will see time as DH as we know. And obviously you add in the catchers, right? Like Alejandro Kirk will see time at DH because I think we can all, you know, mostly agree. You want to see Jansen and Kirk uh, in the lineup as much as humanly possible. I got to think that between Springer, Kirk, and Belt, the DH spot will probably leave Belt on the bench more often than not, especially as a a late inning lefty bat sub for whoever is DHing whenever if they want to provide a different look for whoever the, the opposing pitcher is uh, when they want to keep an inning going. But I just, that's... I, I'm I'm curious to see how it's used this year. I got to imagine it's just like they said last year a lot. It's going to be used as the revolving half day offer guys. But I, I expect Springer, Kirk, Belt are going to be the guys you, you see uh, more often than not. Let's take a quick break. I see a text from Ed and Scarborough. We'll do that after the break. Um, you're listening to Jay's Talk. Show Allie with you for a couple more minutes. We'll get back to your calls and your texts. Still some time to send those in at 590-590, name and location on the Sportsnet app, sportsnet.ca, and, of course, across the Sportsnet radio network. 
Welcome back to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet app, sportsnet.ca, Sportsnet Radio Network. Show Ali with you for a couple more minutes as we discuss the Jays wrapping up an 18-5 spring training win over the Tigers in Lakeland, Florida. Still some time to send me a text line question if you want. 590-590, name and location. That is the people's text line. Always include your name and location so I can give you a shout out. Uh, I see here one from Kevin and Markham. Uh, how is it in an 18 to five game? Thornton is really the only pitcher to struggle. Can we move on from him already? It's true. Like Thornton, I, like, I do genuinely wonder what his role is on this team. Like you have a lot of guys who can fill the, I, mean, I don't know if it's like mean to say, but the, like the human white flag, essentially, like whether it's, whether it's like guys being up by a lot or down by a lot, you're probably going to see that's, probably where you're seeing Trent Thornton. I know we saw him in much more, uh, much higher-ish kind of leverage in the past couple of seasons. I'm not sure there's really a spot for him in that sense that much anymore beyond the need an opener on a day a guy is injured or beyond like the extra man on a double header day, right? Like that's probably at best the time you'll see him. But I mean, we saw Thomas Hatch today. We saw Casey Lawrence today. We saw Drew Hutchinson today. Like these are all guys who probably also could capably fill that exact same role. So there's no, I would say there's no, uh, no shortage of, of long men, whether the blue Jays are up by a lot or probably more importantly, uh, down by a lot for those guys specifically. Uh, I see a text here from Ed in Scarborough. I thought this was an interesting question. He asked about some injuries on other teams. He says, with the Dodgers and Rockies needing infielders, could the Jays trade one of Espinal or Biggio and bring up or Elvis Martinez or Addison Barger to start the season? And I think it's a fascinating one. So I'm going to explain what's going on with the Dodgers and Rockies for you really quickly. And then we'll, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's a good question. Uh, so real quick, Gavin Lux, who's the Dodgers starting shortstop after Trey Turner left in free agency for just a gargantuan amount of money. Like Boba Shed probably rubbing his fingers together. being like, I'm going to be a very rich man whenever I get my contract after seeing what Trey Turner and like Xander Bogart's got considering his age also compared to those guys. But uh, I digress. Gavin Lux, he, uh, Starts at shortstop for the Dodgers, you would have thought. And then he suffers the torn ACL a couple of days ago. He's done for the year. They've announced that he's out for the year. He's going to get surgery. Probably will be good to go for 2024, but he is done for this year. That really sucks. It just injuries suck. Generally speaking, I was, I was looking forward to seeing him play a full time at short out there, but he's done. Uh, Brandon Rogers, Rocky's second baseman um, and not the head coach of Leicester city. Uh, he might need shoulder surgery. So he might be done for the year as well. I don't think that's quite as definite as Lux, but still, they might Luck's definitely out. Rogers may be out. Uh, I'll start with Rogers. There's probably no chance the Rockies make a major trade, mainly because the Rockies are like an eternally mismanaged team and they have a cheap owner as well. So I can't imagine they're going to go out with like a major urgency and grab someone. They'll probably just have other guys fill in utility roles or grab a, a, a lesser player. Uh, so maybe it happens. I, I have my doubts. The Dodgers are interesting because we know they are world series contenders virtually every year, but even they have internal options like Miguel Rojas probably going to see a lot of time at shortstop. Now they already had Chris Taylor, who has quite a lot of games under his belt at short. If they wanted to use him in a utility role, uh, Taylor also being paid around like $12 million this year. So it's enough money. I bet they want to use him any way they can. There was some news uh, right after the injury that uh, Taylor is starting the program to begin playing more at shortstop because he, even though he has played a lot at short over his career last season, specifically with Trey Turner there, he didn't play a whole lot. And then they also have Miguel Vargas, who is their third ranked prospect. He probably is not going to get called up right away this year, but 
he is likely that position's future for the Dodgers if all goes well for him. Crazy stat on Vargas as well. This is a guy who literally has a like a hairline fracture in one of his like his hands or one of his fingers. And so he still is in lineups. He just doesn't swing, and he's still walking more often than not, despite the fact that the opposing pitchers know this guy is a fractured end. Anyway, so that's, I thought that was pretty crazy. All that to say, uh, for Ed's question, Espinal and Biggio, and I'll include Wood Merrifield as well, uh, they're probably all staying, right? Like, we know this Blue Jays team loves their positional versatility. I also think, in a way, that kind of answers, does this team need a fourth outfielder question? I kind of thought they'd go out and get a free agent, uh, and I suppose someone like, I don't know, like a Jerkson profile is still out there. Maybe that makes sense. But the reality is, is that Merrifield will probably see time in the outfield on off days for Kiermaier or Springer. Espinal probably has a stronger hold on second base right now than we all think. I think I personally figure that Merrifield would likely be in there. And he probably is when it comes to who will be the everyday second baseman. Uh, it's also very possible it is another platoon situation. Uh, but uh, yeah, to answer Ed's question, there's, there's likely no way any of those three are on their way out unless a better option presents themselves before the season starts, right? Like if you're the Dodgers, you probably feel, at least right now, even if you don't feel good about Lux getting injured, you probably feel good about Rojas and Taylor being better than, let's say, Espinal or Biggio. Not to knock either of the Jays at all because we enjoy watching them, but, you know, they kept Taylor... They gave him a decent chunk of change over the last couple of years, even though he's in his like early thirties. And then they went out and traded for Rojas even before the Lux injury. So he was already brought in as like insurance. So again, unless someone similarly for the blue Jays, unless someone better is available on the market, I, I can't see a ton, a ton there changing, but it's a good question for Ed. Uh, Steven Belize Jays have injury prone players in Kevin Kiermaier, Springer, Danny Jansen, a lot of playing time for belt Kirk, Biggio, Esp- uh, Merrifield, and Espinal. Not sure that's a good thing. It's a fair point, like in terms of having injury prone players. And I think, like to, to Steve's point, injury stuff will always be a question effectively until it's not, until they prove they cannot be, they're not going to get injured, right? And it's funny, actually, with, with Springer specifically, I like if you would ask out of 162 games, if you had been like, I wonder how many games Springer played last year, he played around 130 games last season. Like there, don't get me wrong. There were a lot of a lot of moments last year where I'm sure all of us collectively held our breath when he left his feet and came down in the outfield. Like there were those moments where he came down on one foot near the outfield wall in center field, and you're kind of like kind of just really holding your breath to see if he's okay. But he gets up and he's okay. And obviously, you know, we don't have to relitigate what happened in the uh, in the wild card game in game two. But I I do think that you know if if he says he is healthy so far, even if we don't see him a lot in spring training. I think that's probably uh, it's probably good a good place to start, but uh, yeah, it's it's also good to have some insurance when it comes to the outfield because Kiermaier had offseason surgery, George Springer had offseason surgery, Varsho has been pretty durable, but not a lot of data in terms of years in the majors with Varsho beyond a couple. So you you know you're hoping and hoping for the best when it comes to health. Um, let's tee up what's next this weekend. Uh, tomorrow we'll have the Blue Jays pregame show on the network. That's from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern. Ben Schulman will join me for the pregame show, and we'll also have Jay's talk afterwards as well. The plan for Jay's talk, as far as I'm aware for most of spring training, is during the week we'll have Jay's talk light, like those are kind of five to ten minute editions during those daytime games, and on the weekends we'll have these full ones with myself or Julia Kreutz or Ben Schulman as well. But that does it for Jay's talk. Appreciate the text, everyone. I'll be back for more tomorrow and next weekend, and of course Blair and Barker will be your frontline starters once the regular season starts here on Jay's Talk as well. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, presented by Crown Rust Protection on the Sportsnet app. 
sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm out of here. Ben Shulman is with me Sunday. We'll talk to you then.